Hello everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Chatting with the Lightkeeper. I'm Edward, if you didn't already know that, um, otherwise known as the Lightkeeper. And since it's summertime, well, kind of, sort of, if you're in the United States, the Labor Day holiday has just passed, which means summer is not officially over, but unofficially over, I guess, here in the United States. And if that means summer is ending here, does that mean it's um, now winter is ending in the uh, Southern Hemisphere? Even though I did, in my email box, get some emails that lit up about some incredible snowfalls that happened um, down in Chile and Argentina recently. So if you are looking to spring ski south of the uh, equator, uh, those two locations, um, Chile and Argentina, uh, are rocking the ski season, their ski season, which is my summer. Um, but the end of summer does mean ski season is getting closer for me. Um, but getting back to summer, most people, and I, sh- I don't know, maybe it's not most people, but a lot of people read a book over the summer or they have several books on their summer reading list. So let's start with what are you reading this summer? And, and yes, yeah, seriously, I am interested in what you're reading. My reading this summer is a little out of character for me. I'm a history nerd, so normally there's a biography going or the history of something is on my reading list. And this summer, I have gone and read science fiction. Um, Yes, I like Star Wars, not so much Star Trek. And Star Wars, I mean the first three, which I guess now we're considered somewhere in the middle of the series. So, you know, Empire or, you know, the actual Star Wars, which I think, I don't know what it's called in the, you know, since they did prequels and postquels and and all that stuff, but the original Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Um, Although I could have lived without the Ewoks. But anyway, um, I am reading two books. They're you know, first one and then a sequel, and it's called Ready Player One and then Ready Player Two. And this all happened one night I couldn't sleep, and so I flipped on the television for a non-sporting event, which is rare, Um, but um, I saw the movie Ready Player One, and it pulled me right in. I was sucked in. Come to find out Steven Spielberg directed it. I think it's fantastic. Obviously, it's not, you know, award-winning. It is not a... um, that's something that's going to win them awards, um, but it's incredibly entertaining, and I just was sucked in, so I bought the books, and I am enjoying the heck out of them, even though they are really out of my usual genre, and it's sometimes good to step out of out of your box, whether it's reading or whatever it is, get out of the comfort zone or get out of the you know, habit and try something new. So... I am really curious if you'll care to share with me. I'd love to hear what you're reading and why. Um, And then it kind of got me thinking about the lifestyle and how awesome books are as a way to learn more about the lifestyle, which in turn teaches us more about us. Um, That self-learning never ends. And the more we learn about the lifestyle, the more we learn about ourselves in the process, which of course led me to think that there's going to be somebody out there going, Why would you read a book when you can just watch a YouTube video? Well, for you, I have five reasons why you need to pick up that book and put down your electronic device. 
Um, unless your electronic device is where you're reading the book, um, then by all means, use it for that. Uh, books allow you to move at your own, own pace. YouTube videos are typically structured so that they, you know, zoom ahead. If you're watching a how to, say, repair something, change your tire on, the, on your car. They will, you know, show you how to remove one lug nut. And then, boom, presto, all the lug nuts are off. And now they're going to show you how to remove the tire when, you know, you have four more lug nuts to remove after you've done the first one. Um, or you found the one lug nut that just won't come off and you're on the side of the road, which if that hasn't happened to you, I hope it never does. Not a fun place to be. But books let you go at your own pace rather than the pace of the presenter, um, which is very nice. And you can always throw that nice bookmark in your book and pick it up where you left off. Books are also more immersive. Um, when you read a book, you kind of mentally, you know, if it gets your attention, you become part of the story. Even if you're not actively a part of it, it's like you're like you're there, like you're a fly on the wall just watching everything happen. So it's much more immersive. It really engages our minds. Um, also, books have this wonderful thing. They make you say strange words. They help your vocabulary. You learn new words, new phrases. Um, and even with reading sci-fi and reading Ready Player One and Ready Player Two, I pulled out my smartphone a couple of times and went, hmm, I want to look that up. Oh, that's referencing a real person. I wonder more about that person. So it really helps you improve your vocabulary and helps you learn new things about the world that surrounds us. Um, and obviously, um, they help you relax, de-stress. I don't know of too many people that get stressed reading. I should say that now that I'm not in college, I don't know too many people that get stressed reading. Uh, because in college, there were times when it was stressful and you had to get through 10 chapters because you had an exam in the morning. And in my case, you weren't too thrilled on the class, so you didn't read the book like you should have and stayed current. And suddenly you have an exam and you haven't read the book. So that's when reading would get stressful for me. But since, thankfully, those days are passed me by, reading is a de-stressing mechanism for me. And I believe it is that way for most people, unless you are a procrastinating student of some kind, um, then reading might be a little stressful. But for most everybody, it is a de-stressor. Finally, I mean, the reason why we're talking about it, books teach us new things. We learn from books, which is fantastic. And this little podcast episode title is called Lifestyle Books, 50 Shades of what the fuck? And now, first of all, the Fifty Shades of What the Fuck is not, we're not choosing that title because I am going to rip on the Fifty Shades franchise. Absolutely not. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Yes, the Fifty Shades franchise gets a lot of things wrong about DS in the real world, books and movies. However, we have to understand that we're reading books that are fiction, which means that's not real. Where those books have done amazing things for the lifestyle is they've brought it from a taboo into something now where, you know, hey, I'm kind of interested in this this whole EDSM thing or this whole DS thing. And people are like, oh, isn't that like really weird? Oh, it's that Fifty Shades, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, it, it made it acceptable. And it brought so many new people, still does to this day. And it's really been awesome in that. 
Now, one of the things I have said over and over is we have to, in the lifestyle, we have to be very, we have to pay attention to our sources. Where do we get our information from? Where are we learning from? And who are we learning from? Are we learning from good people, reputable people who know what they're talking about? I mean, one of the biggest issues in this lifestyle is instant mastery, especially in the days of the internet. You know, a couple of Reddit, you know, articles or Reddit forums that you go through or a couple of trips through, you know, the favorite blogging site of your choice. Maybe it's Instagram. Maybe it's some Facebook groups or Facebook posts and Instagram posts. And wham, we have a lot of people that are instant experts in the lifestyle. And then we have something in the lifestyle, let's face it, this lifestyle sucks with, and that is self-policing. We do not self-police worth a hoot. Um, and there are those who have tried and those who continue to try and kudos to them for trying. I've always felt that, um, I guess it's a very libertarian thing with this lifestyle, that we need to look out for ourselves. We need to do our homework on who we are getting information from um, or who we are choosing to associate with. We have to do that ourselves. We cannot rely on anybody else to tell us whether this person is good or not good or is a um is a slime ball um those are all things that we have to do our own homework on everyone um that we decide to either learn from or get to know better and all i can think now is i wish i could sing because i'd love to sing like the brady bunch theme for some reason that's in my head as like the way to go as a segue to this. Um, I guess if I could, since this is on Spotify, for those that listen on Spotify, I could sneak in the Brady Bunch theme and have it play in the background over on Spotify. But if you listened on Apple Podcasts, for example, or Amazon Music or Audible, um, you wouldn't hear it, which would be awkward. So if you're remember the Brady Bunch, um, think of the theme song that went with it. And now it's time to tell you a story. And the story is designed to illustrate why we need to do our homework on um, who we go to for information. Uh, there is a gentleman who I think many of you have purchased his books and um, you did so without knowing the rest of the story. So our story is going to um, start back Oh, in um, 2003, and this gentleman is convicted in Washington State um, in the dark, dank alleys of Olympia, Washington. Now, I don't know whether Olympia, Washington is dark and has dank alleys and who knows what. I, I have never been to Olympia, Washington. Um, I'm sure it's probably not too far from beautiful Bellevue, Washington, which, yeah, is a city there that I'm familiar with. Um, but anyways, in 2001, this gentleman is convicted in Olympia, Washington. That's Washington State, not Washington, D.C., um, if you are not from the States. Um, West Coast, um, just south of Vancouver, British Columbia, up there in Canada. But um, in Olympia, Washington, gets convicted with second-degree assault. Um, with a little little added kicker, um, 
Before we get to that added kicker, let's just explain what second-degree assault means in Washington, State. Which, if you're not from the United States, this is something that's probably kind of confusing. Each state has its own criminal codes. So what is second-degree assault in Washington State? Um, if this happened in, say, Texas, uh, it would be first-degree assault um, with a much stronger, severe penalty. So what happens is this gentleman is arrested and convicted of second-degree assault, which means that he intentionally attacks somebody, causing them substantial injuries, um, which included using either they either choked or strangulated the person um, and also had a deadly weapon, which um, in normal terms means a gun or a knife. Um, well, go with firearm because that's the popular one. And the kicker here in Washington state that got kicked onto this was with sexual motivation. Now, what that means in legalese is that the person was committing this assault for the purpose of their sexual gratification. Now, it doesn't mean that they were um, like a sadist um, and getting sexual gratification from attacking this person. Their attack was like a precursor to rape. They were attacking this person with the intent to commit a violent sexual act upon them. Uh, ick, gross, and horrible. So following this and following the sentence, the gentleman is now has to register as a sex offender. So the gentleman, Charles Michael Segaloft, um, Segaloff, I'm sorry, there's no T on the end, well, just Loff on the end, uh, registers as a sex offender in Washington State. Now, what does that mean? What does it mean to be a registered sex offender? It means you go on this big national list and you can, like, I can log in, put in my address, and then set distance ranges, and it will bring up every sex offender who lives within that set range from my address, or I can search another state. Anywhere in the United States, if you're on this list, you can be found. Um, so when you're on this list, your name and all your aliases are shared, um, including things like in, in this gentleman's case, there's Master, Sir, and Daddy under aliases, along with his pen name. I haven't given, gotten to the pen name yet. So that's all shared. The address where you're actually living is shared. So Somebody, anybody in the public can look this up and come knock on your door and know that you live there. Your pictures are shared. Um, and these are things that all have to, on this, if you're a registered offender, you have to update, I believe it's annually. So there's pictures, multiple pictures. Um, if you have a job, your employer is listed. The location that you work at for the employer, not their corporate offices, like if I worked for we'll say General Motors, my employer's location would not be uh, General Motors World Headquarters in downtown, beautiful downtown Detroit, Michigan. It would actually be the specific location that I go to work at. My job title would be listed along with the phone number to the actual location that I work at. Um, once again, if it's a big corporation, it would be the actual location's phone number. And on top of that, if I owned cars, 
the make and model of the car would be listed, you know, color, you know, whether it's say a Ford Taurus or um, maybe since we're doing a General Motors thing and I, um, oh, I can't think of what GM cars are called in England or the UK. They are not General Motors or GM over there or Chevy or like they are here. They are, um, Anyways, whatever it is. So the car make, model, and color, along with the license tag information that says, you know, it's the tag number is XYZ90 expires August 2024. All of that is right there. So I could even, somebody could look at your car and know that that's you, your car. It's like, there's no privacy. And basically it's designed so that you can steer, you know, other people can steer clear of, the sex offenders in their community. So this person is convicted of this, you know, crime, sex crime, goes on the, you know, does the time, registers as a sex offender, um, and then following this, moves to the great state of Oklahoma, which is not, I have been told by an Oklahoma. Oklahoman, Oklahoman, not sure. the person from Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma is not in the United States' Bible Belt. However, it is the Bible buckle. So they now move from Washington State, which is a very liberal area, to a very conservative Oklahoma. And now it's 2013. They come out with their pen name which is Michael, um, Michael Mackay. Um, his real name is Charles Michael Segaloff. And you may know his three most popular books, The Warrior Prince of, Princess Submissive. I can't say submissive today. Submissive, um, the BDSM coloring book, uh, and the self-titled Michael Mackay's Little Book of Quotes, where it's a whole book of him quoting himself. Uh, and these quotes you do see on all sorts of lifestyle blogs. You will scroll through, you'll see his name, and you'll see these quotes. Uh, his books are still for sale to this day on Amazon and and all the big sites. You can still buy them. He's still active on Twitter and Facebook and all of that. So in 2013, he is able, after 10 years on the uh, Washington State's sex offender list, is able to come off that list. Um, but just before he comes off that list, he does publish his first book, and that is called The Domination or Domination and Submission, The BDSM Relationship Handbook. Sounds very helpful, a handbook. And maybe it is. I have not read it, so I shouldn't judge it, even though I'm judging the person who wrote it. And yes, I am judging. Um, so that comes out. He comes off the sex offender registry list um, after serving his time and his 10 years on that list. Um, so that's 2013, the end of 2013. We we're in November. By March of 2014, he has started something called the House of Mackay. And what it is sounds good if you are, um, you know, open minded. He he starts this with um, the idea of it becoming a nonprofit, meaning it is not designed to make money. It's designed for educational purposes, and it's a um, 
this is his words, a poly, polyamorous family of choice structured as a tax-exempt foundation for poly research and education. Sounds wonderful. And so the education and teaching people about poly is, is not a bad thing. Odd choice to set it up in a very conservative part of the country. Very, very conservative because it's rural Oklahoma that he's doing this in, uh, which is an oddity, but that's what's going on. And as this house is set up, um, there are 11 members. This is where we're going to start to get creepy. And I'm sorry, I don't know any other word to say other than creepy. Um, those house members, there's 11. Uh, anybody want to guess how many guys in the 11? Come on, three, two, one. Okay, you're locked in on your answers. If you guessed one, and that would be Mikey Mike, um, and the rest of the ladies are his funky bunch, then you are correct. So he is the only man in this. Um, and once again, his words, uh, our intent is for the house of Mackay to be a multi-generational poly marriage that literally lasts hundreds of years. That's just, like, creepy. To me, that's like, does that mean multi-generational? So does that mean he's going to have women of uh, various ages um, around? Um, at this point, he would be um, 58, 59. So does that mean he's going to have age-appropriate um, Poly partners, and then he's going to have much younger partners, and then all of them are going to have his children, who will then have their children, and all of this, like, ew. It's like cultish. I mean, it's like somebody ring David Koresh. Um, you know, just don't tell him the hell Bob Comet's coming. Um, or, I mean, it's just, ew, it's, it's like sleazy, kinky cult. Um, so, in January of 2015... Uh, Mikey Mike, without his funky bunch, knowingly, he knows that this person that he is engaging with is 16 years old. Um, in fact, they may actually have been 15 at this time that he starts engaging them with them. Of course, this is online through social media, but he knows there is no secretiveness. Uh, the 16 year old is not withholding with not denying is is open about their age uh point of reference at this point he is 59 he is 59 and pursuing a 16 year old online creeped out yet gets better in december of 2015 he hops in his vehicle takes the 27 hour trip from his home in the uh, boom and sooner state and travels to New York State where he picks up the now 16-year-old um, from their home. The 16-year-old leaves a note saying that they are running away. He takes the 16-year-old back to Oklahoma. Uh, now, the 16-year-old's parents have called the police. Their 16-year-old has run away. They fear is endangered. Um, so the police... And all of that get involved, and they're going through the computer and finding these conversations that go back a year almost, just short of a year, 11 months. 
and it takes the police a grand total of 14 days to track them down and to arrest um, Mr. McKay, uh, his 29-year-old, or excuse me, 26-year-old, I believe, live-in girlfriend at the time, and also, you know, pick up, reunite the, the, the minor with their family. And the minor child says during their interview with the police that we, in everything, remember, we talk about in this lifestyle is with consent. Um, and it sounds like, you know, even the creepiness that was in his description of what he was building there in Oklahoma, uh, a family of choice, which to me sounds like he's incorporating consent on the surface. Uh, the minor tells police that once they arrived in Oklahoma, that they were told what to do and were told to call uh, Mr. Mackay, call him daddy. Not ask, not given the choice, not willingly, but was forced to do this. And of course, along with that, um, there was also um, non-consensual sexual activity. And we will just leave it at, at that. Um, so in August of 2016, to quote one of my favorite movies, Office Space, he was sent to Federal Pound You in the Ass Prison, uh, where he has now since been released and is going to be on the sexual, um, felons, sexual predators list for a sex offender list for the rest of their natural life. Um, so you can go on there today, uh, type in either his pen name, you know, Michael McKay, or his legal name, Charles Michael Segaloff, and either one will bring him up, and you can see what he currently looks like, you can see where he lives, you can see the cars that he owns, and what his career is, which is retired, um, because, yeah, he's quite old now, um, so the whole point of this story, um, first of all, real quickly, um, in the past, when I talked about this, I actually had somebody um, um, from the from the UK um, say that, you know, in, in the UK, it's 16, it's the age of consent that, that, that they don't understand, you know, what the problem is. And that's true. And in that country, what he did would not have been a crime. Um, however, for my own beliefs, it's really kind of like it's sleazy. What does a 59 year old and a 16 year old, I mean, what do they really have in common? I, I don't know. It's just, uh, even if that was the age of consent here in the United States, um, it's just you. And, and on top of that, there's already been the, um, the conviction prior that landed him on the sex offender list. So that's just, it's just icky and weird. So the whole point is, you know, maybe what happened in Washington state was a mistake that we should have um, said, okay, you did your time, you served, you've been reformed and we forgive. Uh, but the second time, no, no, no. There, I mean, but anyway, 
I, I still don't believe that we should forgive the first time. I mean, if you're on a sex offender list, I am sorry, uh, but you're not going to find sympathy coming from me. Um, but getting back to the story, the community, we don't police ourselves. So his books are still out there. His quotes are still circulating. Uh, he is now out there. I mean, you could find him on X, formerly known as Twitter. Uh, you can find him on Facebook. You can find him everywhere, pretty much. I don't believe you can find him on Fat Life because they are now trying to, you know, he's a known offender, so I don't believe they would allow him on that platform. Um, but yeah, he's out there. He's peddling his wares and he's trying to, in some cases, presenting at lifestyle groups and things and this is where my beef with the lifestyle is we don't please ourselves and many people don't do your homework when you decide to interact or you say oh i've seen i've seen these quotes from this book called the warrior submissive and boy that sounds you know that sounds kind of like you know a book that i would like to read and you order and you read the book but you don't look at who the author is or what's behind the author you don't say jeepers this guy's a known creepit he's on a you know he's on the sex offender list for the rest of his life and you know here he is fiddling himself as a lifestyle expert um which is weird because throughout all of his biography and things on his book sites you don't see any like description of you know how he became a lifestyle expert it's just he's been around it for whatever the year age is now the last time i looked or when i saw something at, you know and this was in an article that was from several years ago around the time of his um second conviction at, at the time i think it said like 27 years or 26 years so i'm sure that's 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 gone up uh, but we don't as a community, we don't police and we don't talk about this. Um, everything fades away. We live in a time where our memories are short. Uh, can somebody tell me what the big news was a week ago? You, you probably can't off the top of your head because we've now moved on to something else. Um, you know, it's the, the hurricane that just, you know, blew through Florida and, you know, we've forgotten about the wildfires that devastated Maui. Those are gone from our collective memories now because there's been a hurricane. Something bigger has come along. And, and that's no different in the lifestyle. If somebody commits horrible acts uh, that land them on, you know, sex offender lists, they kind of go chill out or, you know, in this case, chill out in a federal prison. And then they're able to come back because our memories are short and they come back and it's just, it's like nothing happened. Oh, I was on sabbatical. Oh, prison. <clears throat> so we need to, as a community, we really need to do a good job of researching who we decide to interact with and who we decide to support. And also if they are peddling their wares, you know, hey, buy my book. Well, why should I buy your book? What about it? Other than your... 20-some years of lifestyle experience. Why? You've got some fun, witty quotes. Well, you know what? I occasionally write something funny and witty in my unique sense of humor, which either you get or you don't. But I don't plan on peddling my quotes. That's, I don't know. That we like talking in third person. Well, this week, Edward will talk about, I don't know. I just, I just, no, nah, I don't know. Don't get it. But, so, 
we need to really do our homework. So I just want to stress that to you when you go to buy a book, um, an educational lifestyle book, or you decide to watch that YouTube video or tune in to that podcast, even this one, do, do a little bit of homework, find out, find out about the person, find out who they are. You know, are they on some horrible, you know, you're a sleazeball list, you know, are they like Mr. Mackay on the, um, sex offender list for the rest of their lives or are they just an average guy doing their thing and the lifestyle happens to be a part of it so it's very important that we do our homework and the same is true if you go to a munch or you take a class online find out who the hosts are um you know find out their real names and it might take you a little bit of digging but i mean it's like to find out if somebody's on the sex offender list here in the States is really easy. You Google sex offender list, it comes up, and you type in their name. Uh, and if they're there, it comes up. If they're not there, they're not on it. Um, and in this case, just for grins, I checked today, and I typed in the pen name of Michael Mackay, and it brought up the please ball behind the pen name. So it even runs and checks and does aliases. I don't know if you typed in daddy. I would hate to think what that might bring up. Thousands upon thousands of weird, scary people. Um, but yeah, it's 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 all there for the information and you have to do your homework. Um, and another thing, when you do your homework with books, it's very important to not just base them off of a recommendation your friends make, which is great, which does help. But take a second and dissect things just a little a little further. Um, there was one book, and the gentleman who wrote it is not a not a bad person, and he does a lot in the community. And I've heard him speak at a at a um, at a it's not a munch, but more of a class that was happened in my my neck of the woods. Um, but his book was very, I guess I want to say profiteering, if you will, off of his standing. Um, yeah, but little things that um, that I just will pick on about this, and I'm not going to mention him or the name of the book, uh, because I don't think he deserves to be negatively slandered by me, if this is slandering, it's really not, just sharing my opinion. But like the label of the book says that um, the book will provide a comprehensive overview of the DS lifestyle, which is good. But it says, and this is where the warning flags flash for me, and just using this as an example of something to set your spidey senses off, the basics of power dynamics are covered. Well, power dynamics, power sharing, that's that's really the, that's not, I mean, in a way it is basic to DS. It is, there's, there's DOM and there's sub, but it's, there's so many complexities to that, that it just, to me, it doesn't ring as a basic. Yes, it is a f foundation or a pillar, but it's not basic. It's incredibly complex. And then it says, well, then it moves on to more advanced topics like negotiation and safety. And to me, negotiation and safety, those are like the basics. You have to be able to talk about what you will want to do, what you will do, and what you won't do. And how you're going to keep yourself safe and what are the safety procedures and all of that's to me, those are like basics where the power dynamics is the complex. 
And I understand, too, that perhaps this wasn't his choice uh, because they are published, not a self-published phenomenon, but an actual publish with a, you know, honest-to-goodness, genuine, reputable, big-time publishing house that some editor who has no knowledge of DS, doesn't want to know anything about DS, could have written this or edited their own words. Um, that's another reason why I'm not going to really criticize it. Um, because it very well coming from a big time publisher, when you get into situations like that, oftentimes authors lose, they lose control in a way over some things because the editing takes things over. So now real quickly, let's talk about some books on the lifestyle that I like. Um, we're going to start with two old school ones. Um, they are old. They've been around. They've stood the test of time. The first one is, if you haven't heard of it, you you should have. It's called Screw the Roses, Send Me the Thorns. Now, this is old. I mean, it's old. It's from 1995. And it's really one of the first mainstream BDSM books that went out. And yes, it's old. Maybe it's a little out of date now, but it's really, it's still pertinent. It's still great. It still has solid advice. It talks about safety measures and also has some kind of, you know, hot ideas for trying things out. But it really is a good look at the fundamentals of the lifestyle, which haven't changed. Yes, terms have come. Yes, the lifestyle in a way has kind of softened. It's not as secretive or as stern as it was then, um, but it's still, it's still quality information. Um, the next one is from an author that I enjoy, and I've seen him present a boy more than, I don't know, four or five times. Um, Jay Wiseman is the author. Um, he is a native to the land of Indiana, which is close by to me. Um, however, he does not, not live. He's not a current Hoosier. Um, but S&M 101, and I know it's S&M, and we're thinking, you know, sadist and masochist, and, you know, it's all about that. Um, he does a great job of talking about the history of the lifestyle, you know, how, how it fits with our being human and our sexuality, and, and, it's not designed for somebody that has a ton of experience. It's designed for somebody who's, you know, kind of new and exploring to all of this. Um, and yes, it does kind of deal more with the the hands-on side of things, you know, spanking, bondage, and and perhaps role-playing, but I, I still think it's fantastic. And if you ever happen to see a um, educational opportunity where Mr. Wiseman is speaking, I highly, highly recommend um, that you take it. He is a great presenter, and you should you should go see him speak and share his thoughts. Um, he is a uh, a trained lawyer by trade, so um, perhaps if he's talking about the legal ease of the lifestyle, mm, that might be a little boring. But if he's just talking or presenting on something other than that. Um, definitely, definitely consider that a must-go-see if you can do it. 
Now, I am going to be a little bit of a fanboy. Um, I absolutely adore this author. Um, and there's really three books um, by this author that are fantastic, and I think everyone should read them. But this is just me, and since this is my podcast, you get to listen to me tell you that I think you should read these books. Um, the author is Dossie Easton. Now, the first two are co-authored by Catherine List, um, which always reminds me of Franz Liszt, a classical music composer. Uh, maybe we can do a little Viennese waltzing later. Um, but anyways, um, Dossie Easton's books, the new topping book and the new bottoming book, are absolutely fantastic. And unfortunately, they're not necessarily new anymore, but the latest editions are kept up to date. So it does have new technologies or new terminology, not technologies, terminologies and, and the changes that are occurring with the evolution of the lifestyle are there in the updated versions. Um, and yes, if you are a dominant, definitely the topping book. But also if you're a dominant, read the bottoming book. And if you're a submissive who's really keen on the bottoming book, read the topping book too. Because you need to understand the lifestyle from all the angles, from the top and the bottom. Uh, and real quickly, if you don't know, um, topping is akin to dominant. Bottoming is akin to submissive. Um, where the big difference is, is topping um, can mean that somebody is a dominant, or it can mean that they are just enjoying the kinky playtime, and when there's kinky playtime, they take the role of dominant. So topping is a um, more inclusive um, terminology. So highly recommend those two. In fact, yeah, it's beyond highly recommend. I, I would say go read them. If you haven't, go read them. Um, and then finally, um, Dossie Easton wrote this with a co-author of Janet Hardy. And this one is called The Ethical Slut, A Practical Guide to Polymory, or Being Poly, um, Open Relationships, and Other Adventures. And before somebody says, well, I'm not Polly, so I'm not going to read that. That's fine. This book is just fantastic because you can learn so much about relationships. To be in a Polly partnership, it takes conversations in-depth, deep conversations. You need to deal with jealousy. You need to deal with all sorts of things that are, I guess, unexpected until you experience them and they happen. And then, they, you know, new relationship energy is can be more of a problem when it's a poly relationship. Um, but it's, even if you're not poly or you don't want an open relationship or one of the other adventures, uh, you will learn so much about relationships to apply to your mono relationship or your future relationship with just one person. There's so much good information in here that, you know, even if you aren't um, wanting to be an ethical slut, um, you can still learn um, from from the book. It's It's fantastic, and it's a great, great book on relationships. And also it does help you understand Polly more. And even if it's not your jam, understanding it is is so it's just awesome to develop understanding of things that, that are different than where we are. So no matter what your jam, those are my those are my books. So I hope you've enjoyed this little little journey into um books and you know, the 
keep it um, that we talked about and all of that stuff. Um, and I want to ask you if you, no matter where you're listening, if you would please click the little follow button. There should be somewhere on your smart devices screen there when you look at it. Follow. Go ahead and click on that. So you never miss an episode of Chatting with a Lightkeeper because new episodes do arrive bright and early every Tuesday morning. So with that said, I want to wish everyone a fantastic week. Please let me know what you're reading this summer. I really, really would love to hear that because I do need some recommendations going into the winter. Um, I am an avid reader, so it's not just a summer book. I'm always reading. So please share some of your book advice with me. And if you have a lifestyle book that you think would be beneficial that you would like to share with people, please let me know that. And I will be happy to um, to talk about your recommendations um, next week if anybody is daring enough to send me your lifestyle book suggestions. So until then, have a great week and I'll talk with you soon.